Hi, I'm James P. Friel. And I'm Dean Holland. It's time to fasten your seatbelts, boys and girls. That's right. If you're an entrepreneur who's wanting to take your business to the next level and have a bit of fun while getting cutting-edge advice on your business, marketing, and sales, welcome to Just the Tips, arguably the best podcast in the entire world. I guess that's good, right? Yeah, that's good to me. All right. That was easy. That was the easiest thing we did all day. Yeah. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Just a Tip. Super excited to have you with us here today. This is your co-host, James P. Friel, along with my co-host, <laughs> Mr. Dean Holland from the United Kingdom. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was holding myself back from absolutely just laughing at you for nearly fumbling over your words there in the introduction of the show. You know what? Go screw yourself. <laughs> but as always, it's great to be back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as always, I sort of second guess doing this show with you. <laughs> so, uh, so Dean, as you know, we are joined today uh, by Mark Podolsky, also known as the Land Geek. Mark, welcome to the Melee. <laughs> James, Dean, I'm so happy to be here. Thanks, guys. You are welcome. We're happy to have you here yeah. today. Although, uh, we just noted in the pre-show conversation you sound eerily similar uh, in your voice to our friend Dave Kombucha Lindenbaum. And we're not sure what to do with that information. You right? know what's so crazy that is that I'm actually drinking kombucha right now. No, you're not. <laughs> no I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> also known as the magic fungus water. Yeah. Uh, you guys sound remarkably similar, although he's he's not a land geek. And you are. So I guess maybe the, the tone of voice is where things... Uh, stop in the similarity department. So, uh, so Mark, what, what on earth does it mean to be the land geek? Like who are you and what do you do? So I'm a professional land investor. I've done over 5,200 land deals, uh, since 2001. And I'm like the biggest geek you're ever going to find. So I love software. I love automation. I love systems. I love processes. And, it was, you know, kind of a branding thing, right? So I figured, well, no one's going to remember Mark Podolsky, but they'll remember the term the land geek. And that's how I sort of branded myself. Right. So land investing. Okay. That sounds like it could potentially be an extremely boring topic. And we've got to make this fun and exciting for everybody. Like what, what is the reason uh, why somebody would buy land? Like when I think of buying land, I think like, okay, there's a vacant lot next door. Should I buy that? Like, what do you, what, what does it mean to be a land investor? Yeah. So, you know, I can kind of walk you through my model, which is really um, more exciting than, than probably anything you're ever going to discover in your entire lives. So, I just want you guys to kind of buckle in and be ready. <laughs> you're saying, um, well, I'll deliver now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if I could have you guys sign uh, indemnification agreements in case <laughs> your heads explode, I'd, I, I would do that now. But I'm just gonna I'm just gonna risk it, okay? So James, where do you, <laughs> where do you James? Where do you live? I live in Boise, Idaho. You're in Boise, Idaho. Okay, so all of a sudden I see, oh my gosh, James P. Friel owes two hundred dollars in back taxes on this ten acre parcel in Texas. So James, you're advertising two things to me. Number one, you've no emotional attachment to that raw land. You live in Boise, Idaho. 
and the properties in Texas. And number two, you're distressed in some way because you owe $200 in back taxes. And when we don't value something, we don't pay for it. Now, sometimes we can't afford to pay for it, but either way, this is not a priority for you. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to look at the comparable sales of 10-acre parcels in that area for the last, say, 12 to 18 months. I'm going to take some of the lowest comparable sales, and all I'm going to do is divide by four. And that gets me what Warren Buffett would call a 300% margin of safety, right? So I'm going to send you an actual offer. So let's say, for our example, that the comps are $10,000. So the most I'm going to pay for your property, James, is $2,500, okay? So you're like, well, I owe $200 in back taxes. I'm in Boise. I've never seen this property. I don't care about it anymore. $2,500 is better than nothing. And if you don't pay your taxes, eventually you're going to lose that property to a tax deed sale or a tax lien investor. So you take it, right? Now, in reality, 3 to 5% of people accept our quote unquote top dollar offers. Okay? So for every, de- for every 100 offers, we get about three to five deals. So now we're going to go through this fancy term called due diligence, right? Or, or in-depth research. And James, I want to verify that you actually own the property, that the back taxes are only $200, that there's legal access, that the neighbors aren't dumping, that there's no breaks in the chain of title, there's no liens or encumbrances. So this whole big boring checklist, which I won't bore you guys with, right now, but it's not boring to me. It's super exciting. So now I buy the property for $2,500. Everything checks out. And then James, guess what? I have a built-in best buyer for that property. Do you know who it is? Who is it? It's Dean. It's Dean, your your neighbor. So so Dean owns the 10-acre parcel right next to you. And so I send Dean a letter saying, hey, Dean, look, I know you're over across the pond there, but before I go to the open market, Dean, here's your opportunity. Expand your holdings. Protect your privacy. Protect your views. Know who your neighbor is going to be, right? And so oftentimes, Dean is going to buy that property for $10,000, right? Now, let's say, for example, that Dean passes. Then I'll go to my buyer's list. If the buyer's list passes, I'll go to this little website you guys have probably never even heard of called Craigslist. It's the 10th most trafficked website in the US. And then I'll go to Facebook buy sell groups. So in the next 30 days, I'm going to sell this property. And the way that I'm going to sell it is where all the magic happens. And this is where your heads might explode. So I'm just warning. (laughs) All right, I'm ready. So So what I'm going to do is I'm going to get a $2,500 down payment on that property. So I'm going to get my money out on the down payment. And then I'm going to make it a car payment. And I'm going to owner finance for the next, let's say, eight years at $449 a month at 9% interest, right? So now it's a one-time sale. I get passive income of $449 a month at 9% interest over the next eight years, and I don't have to deal with any renters, rehabs, renovations, or rodents. And so the game that I play is can I create enough of these notes where my passive income exceeds my fixed expenses, and then I'm working because I want to, not because I have to. And I get out of what I call solo economic dependency. Dean, are you okay? Head okay? I, I am I am so blown over right now. It's almost like I just can't believe we're even talking about this. You can't handle the truth. <laughs> I always, I'll be honest. I always struggle 
hearing you guys in the US talk about stuff like this because it's all different terminology to what I'm used to. So I have to take things slow. <laughs> Actually, it's not it's not limited to this type of stuff, Mark. We have to take everything <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm. I actually, as, as soon as Dean started talking, I kind of got that feeling. <laughs> and, okay. um, Whoa, you guys um, can't gang up on me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but in, in, in so, even uh, even with my 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 mediocre understanding, this sounds pretty awesome. Okay, so so all right, so here's my question, Mark: How many of these deals are like are out there? Uh, like, how hard is it to find? the guy with the land that owes the 200 and back taxes in this opportunity. Cause it's like, obviously this is a numbers game, just like a lot of things, right. you know, how long does it take to find a, uh, a perspective deal that that could be workable for this? Yeah. So it's going to take about 60 days to get your first deal under your belt. Right. It could be a little faster, but usually it's going to take some time. You got to get either the list from the County treasurer of people that owe past back taxes or the entire real property list from the county assessor. And all this information is public. Now, there's 3,007 U.S. counties. To get all this information, you can go to this one website called NACO or NACO, the National County Organizations.org, and you can get the treasurer's email, the assessor's email. But first thing is you want to get this list, right? So once we get this list, we're going to scrub the list. And the way we can scrub it is just by use code. Let's say VL for vacant land. We want to get rid of the industrial property, the commercial property, all the homes. We want to be left with vacant land. Then we want to scrub it one more time by acreage. Because if I send the person that has one acre, the same offer as a person that has 10 acres, a person with 10 acres is going to send me glitter back in the mail. They're going to be so mad. So we got to get our, our pricing right from there. So then we automate this using software and we send out our offers. But to really answer the question is how big is this market? There are billions of acres of land available in the United States. And what's awesome about this niche is exactly what you guys brought up in the beginning. If I go to a party and I tell people I'm a raw land investor, they pretty much say, hey, do you want another drink? And they go on to another spot in the party. Right. So you're not going to go on HGTV or the DIY network and see flip this land. Right. It's uninteresting. It's a boring niche. So essentially, we've got this massive market and no one doing it. And so, really, the, the opportunities are, are, are really huge in this little niche. Because I remember when I started talking to my wife and I said, I'm going to teach people how to do what I do. She's like, Aren't you? You're crazy. You're going to create your own competition. And then we did the math and it looks like we're all going to run out of money before we run out of deal flow. The market is that big. And then you don't even realize the lust for land in this country. No, like still like people are like all about it. People love it. I mean, have you heard of the show Nat Geo Preppers? I haven't. Okay. There's like 7 million like of these survivalists in the United States. These people are hoping for the best and preparing for the worst. And they need a piece of raw land to bug out to. People in the military, uh, legacy investors. So here's the one asset that is going to outlive all of us, right? And so, I'll, you know, for a lot of times, I, I call it man jewelry. You know, men just like the way it feels to have this, this property that they can use at any point in time if they want to. And then impress their bankers with, you know, their increased net worth. So 
it, it's really an interesting niche. I've I've been doing this full time since 2001. I've never been stuck with a piece of property. Really? That's amazing. So, um, and, and like, has do people default on the loans that you give them for the property? So we use something called a land contract. And what a land contract does, it says that asset remains in my name until the borrower pays off their promissory note, land contract, and purchase sale agreement. Now, if they do default, I keep the down payment, I keep the monthly payments, and then I resell that property. So in reality... In a bad recession, there's about a 10% default rate because we don't do credit checks. In this current market, we're at about a 4% default rate. And we automate the collection of our notes using a company called GeekPay.io. And GeekPay.io automates getting the money via ACH or check every single month. But if that ACH fails, we have a credit card on file and we just hit their credit card if the ACH fails. So they really have to be dead broke for the check and the credit card both to fail. We've really lowered our default rate using the software. So how many of these um, have you had going like concurrently at like any given time? Like what's the most that you've had going at once? Oh my gosh. I Hundreds, if not <laughs> thousands. All right. So you don't, you don't have to tell us like the exact number, but like if you're, if you're crushing this game, What's like, what's a, you know, income stream on a monthly basis look like? Yeah. So on the high end, you know, I've got friends who are about 250,000 a month in passive, others at 125,000, 80,000, 40,000. If you get into this and you do this consistently for 12 to 18 months, you should be at about 10,000 a month in that time period. Nice. Right. This this, This becomes a total game then. It becomes a total, yeah. It's it's just it's just really just a numbers game, right? Right. So like so so I think you know for a lot of, for our listeners like a lot of a lot of the people we've had on the show so far are you know what you'd call you know business owner entrepreneurs. Mark, you're more you're more of an investor, and I think you know it was one of the reasons that we want to have you on the show is because it's a different approach to you know to creating wealth and creating money, um, but you know. Creating a 10K passive income stream within 12 to 18 months, uh, that's no joke. And you know this is, this is actually pretty interesting. So how did you get into this? So I used to be a really miserable investment banker. And I specialized <laughs> in mergers and acquisitions with private equity groups. And I mean, I had a 45-minute commute to work and back. I was micromanaged. It was long hours. It was high pressure, high stress. And it got so bad for me that I wouldn't get the Sunday blues anticipating Monday coming around. I'd get the Friday blues anticipating the weekend going by really fast (laughs) and having to be back at work on Monday. So my firm hires this guy and he's telling me that as a side hustle, he's going to tax deed auctions He's buying up raw land, pennies on the dollar, and he's flipping them online and he's making a 300% return on his investment. Well, I'm looking at companies all day long and a great company, a great company has 15% EBITDA margins or free cash flow. Great company. Your average company is a 10% and I'm looking at companies all day long, less than 10%. So I don't believe him. Mm-hmm. I've got three grand saved up for car repairs. We go to New Mexico. I do exactly what he says to do. I buy 10 half-acre parcels uh, at an average price of $300 each. 
Um, over the next 30 days, I sell all those online at an average price of $1,200 each, 300%. Nice. It worked. So I took all that money and went to another tax deed auction where I live in Arizona. And again, this is year 2000. There's no one in the room. I'm buying up lots, acreage for nothing. And over the next six months, I sold all that property and I made over $92,000 cash. So I go to my wife. I say, honey, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to become a full-time land investor. And she's pregnant. She says, absolutely <laughs> not. So I said, fine. So I did it as a side hustle. And it took me about 18 months for the land investing income to exceed the investment banking income. And then I quit. And I've been into it full-time ever since. So, all right. So, so you said you said you started this in 2001. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I quit my job in 2001. I started really in, in early 2000. Okay. All right. So, so what happened, you know, everybody in, you know, early 2000s, especially like, oh, three, oh, four, oh, five, at least here in the US, um, you know, was investing in, you know, condos and single family homes and like all these other things. And then, then as everybody knows, the market had a major correction with, you know, the subprime, subprime crisis and like all that stuff. What happened to you during that period of time? Yeah, so I actually uh, just finished a book about this, talking about my story. It's it's uh, it's called Dirt Rich, um, how one amb- ambitiously lazy geek created passive income in real estate without renters, renovations, and rehabs. Um, do you guys have like a, some kind of shameless plug, like music you can play now? Let me see. Let me look for the shameless plug music. Oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> this, this, that's this that's book, like under the circumstances. I'm sorry. This book is going to be the Fifty Shades of Grey in uh in in real estate. So, <laughs> so essentially, what happened was I was making so much money from 2001, and I really didn't personally get hit until 2010. But it was like Parkinson's law of money. So the more money I made, the more money I spent. So my home wasn't good enough. I had to get a multi-million dollar home, right? Now I'm surrounded by all these wealthy neighbors with better cars than me. So I had to buy luxury cars, right? I got three kids, no public school for them, had to go into private schools, right? And then of course my wife doesn't work, but why should she have to do anything? So I had a nanny five days a week. I had a housekeeper five days a week. We had landscapers. I mean... We're totally out of control. And so 2010 comes around. And I mean, it was the biggest ego hit I've ever taken in my entire life. And I really needed it. 50% of my income went like went away um, overnight. And I've got this huge, massive overhead. Even though the company is still profitable, my over, my personal overhead can't can't be sustained. And so over the next few years... We got rid of the house. We got rid of the cars. Kids went back to public school. We got rid of the staff. And we we really came to sort of through this really, really, um, you know, forced circumstance of, of having limits for the first time. My wife and I really discovered like what really is important to us in life. And instead of going out on a Saturday night, we would stay home and we play charades with the kids and, and, we were a lot happier. It was really a, a weird sort of transformation that happened. And I have to say, like, it was, it was like the best blessing ever was getting this massive ego kick in the head 
And, um, and so it took about two years to recover. And now we're doing even better than we were in, you know, before the crash. But now I'm, I'm using a, a system called Profit First and diligently saving money and preparing for the next uh, inevitable recession. And living in a in a way that's more relationship based as opposed to hey uh you know does this look impressive to you stranger right you know so so when so when what happened in like this whole this whole land deal structure that caused your income to collapse in half was it that the people you had sold the properties to stopped paying you was it like what what was the underlying cause of that because that's like you know, super interesting to me. That that was the underlying cause. So it was between paying me or paying for groceries, and groceries won. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I can't believe they didn't pay you. <laughs> I know, I know. But you know, <laughs> you know, there's no cost of foreclosure, and over the next few years, I was able to resell all that property. So it, you know, it's not the worst thing, and that's really what I kind of convinced my wife about because she's like, "Well, what are you going to do with all this land if you can't sell it?" I'm like, "Well." It's not like it's taking up any room in the garage, right? I mean, you know, it's an asset. It's nothing to maintain, nothing to protect. I'm like, worst case, I'll, I'll barter with my barber and get free haircuts for the next two years, or, right. you know, the dentist. And, and, and the and the obligations that you have on the land after somebody stops paying you is what you got to pay the taxes. Yeah, so I have to. I well, I've charged the borrower monthly prorated taxes. So they actually pay the, the property taxes. But if they do stop paying me, I still have to pay the property taxes because it is in my name. Right. Because if you don't pay the taxes, then somebody like me, who you just taught, comes along and plays the same game on you. <laughs> exactly. And exactly. I'm behind James. I, I'm I'm going to take it off him soon after. That's right. Dean and I stand right. as a united front. Well, yeah. I mean, let's let's be honest, James. I mean, Dean really doesn't understand this at all. Did you notice how well, quiet okay, I was just trying to absorb me. it whilst at the same time really having no idea what you guys <laughs> right, are talking right. about, if I'm honest? <laughs> right. Well, it's because like over in the UK, they don't they're not even allowed to buy property at all. It's all right. owned by the king or I mean, some monarch. I mean, here in some, England, right, we don't right. we don't buy land, we just take it. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. 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 Yeah. So this That's is all long. very important to Dean. <laughs> I'm like, I got to make it. You buy land. Right. 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 Yeah. Dean has a a bunch of flags in his closet and he just goes around putting his flag in other people's yards. And that's right. That's how they do it over there. Yeah. Just, yeah. It can be hostile, but normally, uh, you know, they invite, he gets invited in for a cup of tea (laughs) and some, uh, some crumpet. It's all good. Yeah. I, I have a feeling like after this podcast, like, Dean's gonna take fifty percent of my land right. just because he can, and like, like, and like, give me like a I chocolate chip scone. Invite people on like, the no. show just to find out what assets they have. I can take. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I. Yeah. Unfortunately, you've been That's... far too open and honest with us. <laughs> no, no. I, you know, I'm, I'm definitely gonna contact Tara after this and be like, I didn't realize. Yeah. Tara's not even our her real name. We're uh, we just use that as a it's like a burner <laughs> assistant, like a burner phone. Um, <laughs> you, won't, you won't be able to locate her. Yeah, no, that's too late for you, Mark. Thank you. Yeah, Goodbye. I'm actually writing that down um, because I'm going to start implementing that in my own business. Burner assistants. 
Yeah, burner assistant. It's a strategy that most people don't implement often enough, but it comes in handy at times like this. I I had to use it because I know Dean and I know he's going to like <laughs> do something. Like he's very unpredictable. And so uh, it's sort of a self-protection mechanism. Um so 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 Mark, would you say um just just circling back to the lessons learned during that uh sort of painful reset that you had was was the biggest issue the way that you manage the the portfolio of land that you had, were you over invested in the land or was it uh, that you were just living on the edge of your means and any disruption to that income was going to cause a major like downward spiral or a combination of those things? Yeah. So the business itself was still profitable and it was, it was still, you know, throwing off six figures. It was doing just fine. But the problem was I was, uh, I had a personal overhead that needed the business to do high six figures or seven figures. And so that was really what, what, you know, shook it, so to speak right. Um, right. At, at that point in time, because it was just, you know, the lifestyle was unsustainable. Like I, I was using the business like a piggy bank essentially. And, um, and not really treating it like a, a real disciplined, you know, entrepreneur would treat a business. And so that really was, the fatal mistake. To my credit, I'm really risk averse. So I wasn't over leveraged. So even with the downturn, you know, I wasn't out of the game where a lot of my competition who had bigger houses and bigger, you know, lifestyles than me, they got, they were actually out because they were over leveraged. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Well, I think, you know, I think that's an important lesson for, uh, you know, people in general, but certainly, uh, you know, other entrepreneurs too, is that you know there's there's always going to be factors outside of your control and your business or your investments or or anything else and um you got to you know you got to manage your personal expenses if you don't want to get smacked because it's happened to everybody yeah um, no absolutely and you know I'd never been through a real estate cycle and I just thought well this thing's just going to keep going up and up and up and um you know it, it was just it was it was just a lack of humility um, on my part, and this feeling of of not being like I wasn't enough. So I thought, well, if I if I look like I'm successful, I'll maybe I'll feel successful, and that just never happened. Right. Yeah. The in fact, the only thing that continues to go up and up and up is the popularity of <laughs> just the tips. Besides that, um, everything Great else does go in cycles. There, James. No, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. I I do believe that. Uh, the Pareto principle needs to be revised. Yeah, it does with an asterisk. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> Basically. Um, so what do you, what do you think about, uh, you know, the, the market right now? Like where, where in the cycle would you say you are with, you know, you're, cause you got land investments live and active again. Um, where, where do you think things are from, from what you're seeing in the market these days? So we're seeing really nice equilibrium right now where it's easy to buy and it's easy to sell, right? So if, if we look at it from, let's say from 2001 to 2004, it had really nice equilibrium. 2005, 2006, the market got really hot and it was easy to sell, but it was getting more difficult to buy at a good price. And then yeah. we go to 2008, you could buy all day long. Very, very tough to sell because people were cash poor. And then 
fast forward to today, we're back to nice equilibrium. And I really can't wait for the next recession because I'm so prepared for it, um, where it's going to be super easy for me to buy. And then the way that we sell it, yeah, we'll, we'll make our terms a little easier, but we'll still sell it. We know how to do that. And we'll be just fine uh, coming into the next recession. Awesome. Awesome. So, uh, so I, you know, like I said, this is, uh, you know, having, having you on is a slight departure for us with, you know, more of the, you know, people who build, uh, you know, e-commerce businesses or franchises or things like that. And you're more like on the investor side of things, but I thought it'd be really cool for people to hear, uh, just a unique, interesting strategy. So if they want to learn more about this or potentially, do something with this and they don't live in the UK where they just loot and pillage and take people's land like Dean does. <laughs> right. How can they find out more? <laughs> Dean's laugh. You know why he's laughing, Mark? He's actually in the process of taking somebody's land right now while we're on the show. <laughs> Mark's and- there. He's like assistants elbowing him like, Mark, get off the call now. I've got something to tell you. We're losing land faster than I've ever seen. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. this this is like michael lewis's next business book like a like a like a like dean's like a flash trader just taking land (laughs) (laughs) so you know what's interesting though is that we do have a lot of clients all over the country and all, all over the world because all you need is really an inexpensive laptop and internet connection and you can run this business from anywhere in the world and we do have clients in the UK, actually, that um, don't just rape and pillage like Dean and, 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 and create a passive income. But I'd just like to say hi to my mom, who's probably listening at this stage as well. <laughs> so I would say the best place to go to learn more is thelandgeek.com. Uh, you can download for free our passive income blueprint, get the ebook, How to Avoid the three fatal land buying mistakes, and then get our podcast, the Art of Passive Income podcast delivered each week to your email inbox. And then if they want, if they just email support at thelandgeek.com and put in the subject line, just the tips or James and Dean or uh, Dean rapes and pillages, we'll send for free our $97 uh, passive income launch kit course uh, to to your listeners. I think well, that's amazing. But can I can I make a request that the subject has to be Dean rapes and pillages in order to take advantage of an offer? Sure, I'll let I'll let my burner assistant know. So she's not- <laughs> good, yeah, good. Let her know. Well, yeah. this took an unexpected turn, didn't it? <laughs> this, this is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well. Well. Yeah. There, well, yeah. That, yeah take it. take that, my doppelganger. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't- I feel like uh, we got to have you and Dave Lindenbaum on the show at the same time to have like uh, some sort of showdown. A voice off. Maybe we can organize. A voice off. Yeah, I'll I'll have my bulletproof (laughs) coffee. He'll has he'll have his kombucha, and we'll just like verbally, you know, like like sumo wrestle. Yeah, I love this. I love that he's talking shit about Dave. He doesn't even know me. (laughs) I love it. That's (laughs) maybe we should just stay on for another ten minutes and just talk shit about Dave. I would just play that. We'll just air that part of the show. Um, I, I just went on GoDaddy and uh, just bought the domain name talkshitaboutdavelindenbaum.com. Perfect. <laughs> and if Dave 
Dave's listening. Dave, screw you. <laughs> yeah, that's right, Dave. He better be listening. Oh, my gosh. Dave, we had him on the show. Dave's going to be like, who is this land geek guy, and why is he ripping on me? <laughs> well, it's amazing. Like, you're the land geek. He's the kombucha guy. It's like you both have, like, these these things in totally different places. Although I would imagine you could probably put a kombucha factory on one of your raw pieces of land if you wanted to. I would think so. It would just depend on, you know, planning and zoning and right. the restrictions for hipster drinks in that county. Sure you do a good job of well, it, though, please, because we... when I take it, I, I don't want any uh, trash. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Well, I think we're about out of time. So... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> before Dean rapes and pillages and takes anybody more in land, um, we better get going. Uh, so, uh, Mark, thank you so much for being on the show. Super, uh, super interesting strategy. I uh, I got to admit, like when when I heard about land investing, I was like, man, I don't know. And I read a little bit about what you're up to. And I was like, okay, cool. Let's let's have a conversation. I'm glad we did. Uh, super super interesting stuff. Um, I apologize for Dean. Uh, you know. But I think you knew that getting into the show. You, you're, you're a big guy. You put on your big boy pants. And so um, he is what he is. Yeah, no. And, no, yeah, thank you. And in, and in all seriousness, guys, um, I'm, I'm really happy to be on the podcast. And this has been a lot of fun. And um, I really hope that the listeners uh, don't think I, you know, overstep my bounds being too familiar with Dean. Uh, it's all oh, in good fun. Well, I, I'm sure I'm sure they will. Uh, we're already fielding hate mail. Um, uh, this one subject line down with the land geek. Um, so you definitely might want to beef up your uh, security and make sure you do implement the burner assistant uh, philosophy. Uh, keep keep people off your back for a little while. No, I think that's really really good advice, and I really appreciate it. Thank you. Absolutely, I'm just looking out. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so yeah. Listen, you guys, if you want to check out more about what Mark's up to, go to thelandgeek.com. And if you want to take him up on his offer to give you his $97 product and get it for free, just send him an email with Dean <laughs> rapes and pillages as the subject line. And uh, that's enough for today. And we will catch you next time. This is James P. Friel signing off with my co-host Dean Holland. We will talk to you later. Thanks for tuning in to Just the Tips, where we believe business should be profitable and fun. For show notes, links, and other information on our guests, visit justthetipshow.com. For more information on how to connect with Dean Holland, visit deanholland.com. And if you'd like to get free from the day-to-day operations of your business while making more money, visit me at jamespfreel.com forward slash autopilot. Our theme music is Happy Happy Game Show by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License.